Welcome to another edition of Logical, the UAE's first legal podcast. Logical comes to you from HPL Yamalaba and Pleska, the Dubai-based legal firm, and we're here in JLT Jumeirah Lakes Towers. My name's Tim Elliott. As ever, I'm very pleased to welcome the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalaba. Always good to see you. Pleasure to be chatting with you again, Tim. This time on Logical, in this edition, a breakdown of domestic workers' entitlements. Uh, and I want to start, Ludmilla, with a consideration of what the term domestic worker means. And this was really interesting to me, and I know you can give us more details on this, the types of roles that qualify a person as a domestic worker. And there are many. Yes. So this is, by the way, subject and is explained uh, by the UE Federal Law Number 15 of 2017. And this is the law that was introduced specifically to govern employment of uh, domestic workers. Interestingly enough, prior to the introduction of this law, the uh, these domestic workers did not qualify and were not subject to the UAE labor law. Uh, so there wasn't actually a specific law that would uh, govern employment of domestic workers before they were more under the jurisdiction of immigration authorities, believe it or not. Uh, so in 2017, that was changed. This specific law was issued, employment law was issued to apply to domestic workers. And in relevant parts, the domestic, uh, this domestic workers employment law is in many ways very similar in terms of benefits and protections that it provides to employees as that of the UE labor law. Now, with regards to the category of, of employees, if you will, that it applies to, and remember, we are talking about the context of employment. Uh, they it applies to employees who are qualified or deemed to be domestic workers, and that includes uh, categories such as housemaid and uh, babysitter or nanny, uh, gardener, cook, uh, and uh, some of the more kind of uh, more more nuanced ones were specific, like the watchman or security guard, the chauffeur, and then parking valet workers. And um, there is one that's private PRO or household farmer, or even a category called private agriculture engineer. Uh, so these are the categories that are called domestic workers and are subject to this law. Some of the more nuanced, uh, the more niche categories there are interesting. There's one for a private sailor, for a uh, agriculture engineer that you uh, spoke about there. But the the private PRO is interesting because this is a a position that. I don't think is held in any other country as far as I'm aware, but a PRO in the Emirates is a public relations officer, but that's not somebody who would write you a press release and send it to a newspaper. This is somebody who would act on your behalf when it came to carrying out bureaucratic uh, concerns. I don't know, applying for a visa for staff, for example, or for an Emirates ID. It's that kind of job, isn't it? Correct. This is the role or, or historical designation uh, that um, applies for any kind of government services. So be yeah. it, for example, applying for licenses, company licenses, visas, um, or cancellation of visas, uh, and um, any other kind of immigration requests and anything to do with uh, judicial authorities. Uh, so any, basically, it's the public relations officer, meaning it's the officer that represents, in this case, the family that would, that can represent the family before various government authorities. That's, that's the designation. Uh, what I want to highlight here in describing this particular category of domestic workers is that these 
workers, uh, they end up being sponsored by an individual. So, and um, so, for example, if you hire a nanny, that nanny's visa will not be issued by some kind of a company. It's a nanny's visa is employee employee of such and such person. Uh, so this is very different from all other employees, for example, in the UAE, and that is whenever they have these employment visas, they're working for the company and then their residence visa, it will show they're an employee of such and such company. So these domestic workers are employees, personal employees or individual employees that are, are uh, working for individuals and, under, uh, and officially are under their sponsorship. Uh, also, one thing I want to note is that there are a lot of people in the UAE who are ultimately domestic workers and perform domestic worker services for intents purposes. However, visa-wise, they are not sponsored as such. So they would be sponsored under, under a company. So, for example, the employer... Uh, might have a company. And so instead of uh, sponsoring that domestic worker under his or her own uh, uh, visa as an employee, as a domestic worker employee, uh, they would um, sponsor them under the company. In that case, this law does not apply. Uh, so even though the person does the job that would qualify and would otherwise be covered, but for the purposes of entitlements under the UE labor law, they would be considered to be a corporate employee, employee working for the company, and therefore subject to the UE labor law and not this domestic worker law. It's important to make that distinction. Let, let's discuss what's statutory when it comes to benefits that domestic workers are now entitled to. And if we can break this down as per the UAE federal law you mentioned, number 10 of 2017. Um, it's Article 12 on domestic workers in the Emirates. Can we start with rest days, Ludmilla? Yes. Uh, so they're entitled to rest days of 12. So it's 12 hours of rest per day uh, and eight hour, hours of which must be consecutive. So this is very important. And it's important. And this why this category exists is because a lot of the obviously domestic workers, by definition, they live with the family. And uh, so they live in the houses and many of them take care of uh, children. And so, as we all know, with children are it's it's a 24/7 uh, running around uh, so the law specifically provides that these uh, domestic workers are entitled to 12 hours per day of rest and 8 hours of which must be consecutive which means you cannot interrupt their sleep for example you cannot make them take naps for two to three hours and they wake them up every two to three hours and make them do chores. So that is one benefit is very important to highlight because uh, because that is one element of, of a relationship which is often prone to abuse. What other entitlements slash benefits, for example, I guess things like medical insurance or accommodation, meals, uniforms, that kind of thing, uh, are domestic workers uh, entitled to? Yeah, so in addition to the 12 hours of rest per day, eight hours of which must be consecutive, uh, domestic workers are also entitled to one rest day per day, uh, per week. Um, so that is that is non-negotiable, if you will. So one day per week, um, they must receive as off. And by the way, this is another example that of benefit is often abused and a lot of the domestic workers are not allowed to even take that one day per week off. Now, in the event, and there's a law provides for this, in the event that they are either not able to take that one day a week off or not allowed for one reason or another, uh, they must be offered either an alternative day off or a monetary compensation for that day. 
So if for some reason, and again, because this is a sort of a domestic employee, so let's say if you have a nanny and your children are sick, you can see how perhaps that one day a week would not be convenient for the family to uh, to allow the nanny to, to, to leave on that day when the children are sick. In that case, they're still required to either give them an alternative day off or in the very least compensate them. Uh, also, uh, there is uh, there's 30 days of sick leave that's allowed to or the, the domestic workers are entitled to. And these 30 days are broken down into two. So uh, 15 days must be given at, at full pay and 15 days at half pay. And this is, again, very important because in many cases we hear stories of domestic workers every time they actually... Um, they are sick, not only do they not get paid for this time, but actually they have their salaries uh, cut for every day uh, that they, you know, that they're not able to work because of their sickness. Um, so they have their salaries reduced. Uh, but by law, they are allowed or they're entitled to 30 days, half of which at full pay and half of which at uh, half pay. Uh, also, uh, it additionally, again, because we're talking about domestic workers, uh, they're entitled uh, to medical insurance. And this, by the way, is also procedural. An employer cannot sponsor the domestic workers unless they have, they can show to the authorities that they have health insurance um, uh, sourced for, for them. Also, interestingly enough, the law is very specific about employers' obligation to provide domestic workers, for example, a decent accommodation and decent meals at the employer's expense and also attire that's suitable for the job. Uh, again, all of these are, it's, uh, I consider it to be quite fundamental that they are expressly provided for in the law because these are the examples and the stories we often hear that are often subject to abuse. And that is that uh, domestic workers don't have decent uh, place to live or to even sleep, uh, uh, let alone meals. And often the families don't even provide for, for meals for them. But as per this law, because they're domestic workers, so the, the employers must provide them with meals at their employer's expense and also <clears throat> accommodation in addition to the, 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 the clothing um, in which I guess which the employer wants them to to wear if they have a choice uh, while they're working. So those are some of kind of the the, the main benefits on a day to day basis. Now, additionally, and this is quite important, is that um, domestic employers when whenever they are or employees whenever they take their holiday, uh, so the employer is required to pay for the annual ticket home whenever that uh, employee wants to take time off. Uh, so, so the ticket home, the annual ticket home is also one of the benefits. So importantly, under this uh, domestic workers law, there's now specific requirement for, employ uh, for employers being the individuals who hire domestic workers to provide them with what's called the end of service gratuity. So this end of service gratuity is, is a benefit that's very similar to the end of service uh, compensation that's provided for in the UE labor law. And in relevant parts, uh, it's, uh, it's based on 14 days of compensation for uh, every year of service. Uh, so in other words, after two years, the employers are required to compensate or their employees or to pay their domestic workers additional one month salary. So it's, let's say, 14 days for every year of service. After two years, it'll be one additional month of, uh, of compensation. So this is called the end of service gratuity. 
What is important to highlight is that this uh, gratuity must be paid at the end of two years, irrespective of whether the contract is terminated or renewed. And uh, why it's two years is because for expats, all domestic employees are sponsored on uh, under a contract that is two years uh, for the term of two years. So at the expiration of that contract, you have to renew your uh, you, you you have to renew your contract, and at that point, you have to. Uh, pay your employee the, the additional end of service gratuity that amounts to additional one month of compensation. Uh, so this is really important because a lot of, uh, I think a lot of uh, employers don't know about it uh, or at least don't pay this end of service gratuity until the person leaves uh, the job post altogether. But I, I tell you, I think it's a very important and a very groundbreaking um, benefit because for so many of these domestic employees, uh, they have families outside uh, that they support from while, while they're taking care of other families here. Uh, so for them uh, to receive this benefit uh, under you know, otherwise, they would have to ultimately uh, resign from their position or leave this one family in order to be able to get the benefit of the end of service benefit, right? So this is why this law is drafted very differently, where you still get the end of service benefit, but you get it at the end of your expiration of your two-year contract, so every two years. Uh, so that's a that's a, a huge benefit. And there's one more benefit, and that is um, holidays. So as I said earlier, it's 30 days per year, but the law specifically provides that employers cannot deny their employees to uh, holiday for more than to take holiday for more than two years. Uh, so for every year where they don't take the holidays, they have to compensate them. But additionally, they cannot deny uh, their employees to take holiday for more than two years. So in other words, let's say year number one, it's uh, some some practical reason not possible for the employee to um, uh, to go back home. In that case, the, the employer must compensate them, must pay out this one uh, one month um, uh, holiday, would, what would otherwise be holiday. So if they're not going on holiday and working instead, so employer has to pay them that additional one month salary. But after the second year, the employer cannot deny them uh, the, uh, the ability to go home and visit their family. So that is specifically provided for in the law. And this is very important. And so let's say if the first year the employer did not pay them the salary for the one month that they did not take holiday, then when at the end of the second year, when the employee or domestic worker decides to go home and visit, then they either get compensation for uh, then they basically have to get compensation for the two months of salary. So for uh, every, one month for every year of service. It's interesting, this, the, in particular, the gratuity uh, clause there, because paying every two years is not the case for professions that aren't classed under a domestic worker categorization. So it's, it's very different uh, in terms of how this law has been drafted. Well, exactly. And, and I think it was drafted exactly with given the um, the I guess, specificity of these particular employees, and they're a lot more vulnerable, if you will, and they're much more uh, much more um, dependent on the receiving not only the monthly salary but all the other uh, benefits uh, that they um, that would they would otherwise be entitled to by law, so that they could continue to support their families abroad, and also because they are living in these families uh, often. Uh, they um, it's sort of a deemed like they don't have very much um, of their own kind of life or freedom uh, because they are part of these other families' lives. Uh, so, and that's why there's specific these protections that are now expressly provided for in the law. 
uh, to ensure that uh, irrespective of what's happening in the in the family there are specific legal requirements uh, which um, you know which must be uh, observed and complied by uh, by the employer and it's that's a nice way to end this podcast actually because it is from a domestic worker perspective it's a very different employee employer relationship can we just recap briefly the rights that those classed and provided for as domestic workers in the UAE should be entitled to Yes. So in brief, uh, the list of benefits is uh, one uh, rest, 12 hours of rest a day, eight hours of which must be consecutive Uh, Two, there is uh, one day of rest per week. Uh, And then three, there's compensation for any missed uh, rest days um, that take place. And then uh, four, it's uh, medical insurance. Uh, Then five, decent accommodation. Uh, six, decent meals at the employer's expenses, and seven, uh, suitable attire at at employer's expense, Uh, and then eight, end of service gratuity that's paid out uh, at the end of two years, every two years, in the amount of 14 days of salary for every year of service or one month after uh, two years, and then annual ticket home, and um, uh, and then there's also sick days, uh, 30 days of sick days per year, uh, half of which are covered at full pay. That's another episode of Logical. This time, the rights that those classed legally as domestic workers are entitled to here in the United Arab Emirates. Our legal expert, as always here on Logical, was Ludmilla Yamalava, managing partner at Yamalava and Plethka in JLT, Jamira Lakes Towers here in Dubai. Once again, Ludmilla, big thanks for your time, your legal expertise. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tim. To have a legal question answered in a future episode of this program, Logical, or if you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, it's easy to find us on social media. We have an easy to search library of hundreds of podcasts on all manner of legal issues here in the UAE. They're free to listen to, free to download and keep as well. Or if you prefer, you can always just head to lylawyers.com and click on contact.